At General Mills, our table is your table. And we believe racial equity, diversity, and inclusion are key ingredients for our success. Learn more about our work to inspire change at generalmills.com forward slash racial equity. Get fast, reliable internet for any budget. Now qualifying customers can get Xfinity internet free through the Affordable Connectivity Program. That's right, free high-speed internet from Xfinity. And Internet Essentials customers can get equipment included at no extra cost. Get started today. We change our minds every day. About a million things a day. This is no different. You can't be afraid to be wrong. You can't be afraid to say, you know what? I'm just gonna rethink this thing. People are not dying getting the vaccine. Um, I, I better rethink this thing. I'm gonna go call my doctor and, and have a discussion one more time. It is okay to change your mind. Financial freedom, it's within everyone's reach. And this key shows you how to build prosperity and generational wealth for your family on Becoming the Bank. Hey, it's me, Anissa Keys, with Becoming the Bank. So if you're tuning in for the very first time this week, this is a podcast that shares biblical principles and practices that help me to become a generational wealth builder. This is not a how-to podcast, but a becoming podcast, right? So how to become a generational wealth builder, how to become someone who is financially free. Now, wealth building, wealth, wealth building, I'm sorry, wealth building is a challenge. So you can't expect to get there every, overnight, but I found that the only way to do it successfully and effectively is by learning biblical principles and practices that have helped me to become. The word has helped to change how I look at, deal with, and manage my finances. And I have become a bank, a financial resource to my family, my sphere of influence, and my community. Okay, so listen, in the word of God, language regarding farming and agricultural analogies and references are used regularly. So we're now in this season of series that I like to call Sowing and Reaping. We are more than halfway through. It has been a lot of learning and unpacking. I didn't realize there were this many lessons, this many principles and practices that were in this one topic. So we are gonna probably be in this series probably for another four weeks, right? Um, if you are listening for the very first time, or maybe you just heard a, a few of those last series, right? You can go back the last six weeks because we're in part seven this week, right? And then there's a whole lot of value in financial freedom and generational wealth building with this topic of sowing and reaping. So the basic premise to sow means to plant seeds, right? Um, with regards to finances, that simply means, right, investing your time, investing resources and energy into something. And then to reap simply means to gather a crop or to give back the results of what you have put in. We like to call it our harvest, but there is so much more to sowing and reaping than just planting a seed, waiting around and collecting a harvest. Right. So in this series, we're specifically I want to stop and talk about reaping probably for the next two weeks. The Lord has really gave me some revelation around reaping. Right. And this is really, to, I think, to dispel some myths around reaping. 
You see, in the past, I even thought, and so I know other people have thought the same way, that reaping was a time that you just sit around with your arms wide open and held out, right? And you just begin to collect or, or, or bring in or gather all of the results of what you have sowed, right? All of the hard work you've done, right? And so you're just bringing in resources and money or whatever, and it's just falling into your lap, right? And you think about sowing and reaping, you assume that all of the work is in the sowing part. And then when you get to reaping, that you just are collecting. And that's just not true. It just doesn't work that way. I'm so sorry to tell you. <laughs> I didn't realize until after I had got good into the cycle that it feels like I'm working all the time, Lord. And he's like, yeah, reaping is work too. And I'm like, wow. So I want to talk about this a little bit today because this entire cycle that we're going through of sowing and reaping, this reaping particular part requires the process of collecting and gathering, which ends up really being work. So listen, Matthew 9, 37 says, right? The word says that Jesus said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Again, I want to be clear. I use godly principles and practices, but you have to understand that the word of God cannot possibly encompass every circumstance and situation that we encounter in the world, right? And so there's principles, there's practices, there's concepts that are there that sort of are able to be um, transcended across several different areas of our life. And in this particular passage, right, God is referencing or Jesus is referencing that there are many people that are waiting to hear the gospel, right? That's the harvest. That's, there's many people that are waiting, right? And that although there are Christians everywhere, there are few of them that are actually doing the work to share it, right? But God uses this reference as harvest. So I'm wondering if we can expound for a second, right? The truth is, is God is saying that there's a harvest for people. Right. But the one who does the work. Right. The one who puts in the work are those that are actually sharing the gospel. So this requires a harvest that comes with work. And so I want you to just take these two important pieces. Number one, we understand that a harvest is as a result of sowing. Right. But we also understand here that there is a large harvest, but there is not a lot of people that are benefiting from it. Why? because not a lot of people like to work. That's just the truth. I think people assume that after they've sown, they've done the work. And the truth is, is when you're gathering and you're collecting, you're working as well. So let me be clear. Listen, there are people that are not benefiting from their sowing because they do not want to work. I don't know if that's you. I don't know if I hit home, but I know this kind of struck a chord for me because I assumed that during this sowing and reaping time, I would sow and then I would collect, right? That that's what it would look like. I would work hard and then I would sit back and get, <laughs> right? And the Lord is like, nah, that's not how it works. I oftentimes hear people say, I just want to make more money. I want to have more, more property, more land. I want to have more businesses so I could work less. Uh, yeah. More money, more problems, right? Also, more money, more freedom, but not necessarily less work. So the, don't get me wrong. I think that you are not working physically as much, but emotionally and mentally, you still have a requirement of work. If you have a harvest, you need to manage what you've acquired, 
right? People that see you with the harvest that are still working, they may look like they have more freedom. They do. I mean, I think I think that you do have more freedom when it comes to having more, right? The larger the harvest, the more freedom. But it's not less work. Okay. Listen, when I learned this, I kind of thought that once I got away from the need for ordinary income, so ordinary income is right, like what you what you get paid paid as an employee, right? So quick lesson on ordinary income, right? It's the highest taxed income. It's actually the worst kind of income to have especially if you want to be wealthy, right? If you want to be wealthy, um, sort of one of the ways that kind of help like a wealth strategy, right, is sort of like strategizing around paying taxes, right? And so the more you make as an employee, right, the more taxes you pay. That's just the way it goes, right? Taxes as an employee, you get you pay taxes first. As a business owner, portfolio um, um, income or a business income, you pay taxes afterwards, right? So if you have income as an employee, right, you want to be in a position where you are actually like not making as much ordinary income. And I really thought in my mind that as long as I could build up my business and get away from being an employee and I get this passive income and I start acquiring assets, I would be working less. <laughs> and physically, I probably was working less, but I really wasn't working less. It was just working different. So I hit a season of reaping, right? And I thought I only needed to just sit back and collect and I began to mismanage my harvest. Why? Because I really didn't know I was supposed to still be working. I thought I was supposed to be sitting back on a beach somewhere. I had a hard time maintaining it. I had a hard time building on it. And eventually I had to find myself hiring others so that I could help to manage and maintain it. And guess what happens when you hire other people? You're working. Right. Because now you have to manage the people that are managing your harvest. So you don't stop working. Yes. Reaping is work. If you run into a successful or wealthy business individual, you ask them, you will notice that they are not always on vacation. They're not always golfing. They're not always hanging out with their kids in the backyard. On most days, you will find them working. Why? Because reaping is work. Okay, so how do you become someone that is a part of the few laborers, right? The word talks about the laborers are few. Here's what I think of, that the harvest is plentiful, which means that even though sometimes we have a we have a mindset of lack, especially in the black community, right? Sometimes we think, or it, just in impoverished communities, it, just in general, we think that the money is not, the world is not full of money, but it is. But there's there's few people that are willing to work for it. And I don't mean physically work, right? It could be mentally, emotionally, strategizing, intellectually, right? We don't just glean, right? You have to be able to work. And so let me tell you how you become one of the few laborers that gets to benefit in a large harvest. Number one, you become a person that only hangs out with the harvesters. Now, listen, um, if you can get around a bunch of people that are grinding and understand that if I stop working, things stop happening, right? They understand that the, the point of sowing and reaping is to continue the cycle of constantly sowing and reaping. They understand the grind. And I sometimes am around people who take more breaks <laughs> um, than work, right? Or, right, sometimes because um, because they influence me, I end up taking more breaks or becoming more lax. And then I get around a set of people that are grinders that are not afraid of work, that are not afraid of trying to gain wealth, right? And it keeps me going. 
right? So you need to be around people that have the same mindset as you that understand that if I don't work, I will end up in a poor house. That even when I gain, it just requires a different type of work for me. It's not like I get to sit back and just, you know, blow it all, spend it all, act like it's not there. Okay. So number two, right? You need to become a person that harvests anyway. Okay. You always hear this term, right? Again, of people getting to an easy or comfortable life and not to say that it's, that it's wrong to get complacent that it's wrong to get comfortable um, because I really think it's just what you ascribe to. But if you want to be a wealth builder, right, getting comfortable, right, can actually allow you to stop working, right? So I got this. I made this happen. I'm at this plateau. I'm chilling. I got more than most people around me, right? And if that's everything God has for you, then so be it, right? But what I would say is even when you get to the point where sort of like you feel like you have gone far, right? What I would say is harvest anyway, right? Continue to build on what God has given you. Remember that the Lord said that there were only few and the harvest is plentiful, which means there are going to be a lot of people that are thinking the same thing. I'll just settle. I'm good with it being here, right? This is enough, right? And what I'm going to encourage you to do if you want to build wealth is to reap anyways, to keep building on what you have, despite how good it looks, despite how much you've acquired. Okay. All right. I I, I want to, I want to, I want to, so I want to feed into that a little bit because I think sometimes people think that that is greed. Um, and I, you know, I, I mean, there's this, there's this language around greed and being hungry and I don't, I'm not greedy. Um, I'm not going to stop sowing. I'm not going to stop reaping. I feel like I'm hungry, right? And I'm hungry really for everything that God has for me. If God puts it on my heart or he doesn't give me the desire to push forward, then I'm not going to. But it won't be because I look and say that I've arrived somewhere or I've gotten to a space that I don't need anything more because I want everything that God has for me. Okay, that's a little sidebar. Number three, last one. You become someone that understands there is a reward in reaping. This is like so good, right? The truth is, is that God has blessed you with a harvest. <laughs> Listen, God has blessed you with a business. He has blessed you with uh, uh, some sort of like income, right? He's blessed you with real estate, whatever he's blessed you with in the first place. The blessing is that you have something that you get to reap in the first place, right? I know it's, it's it sounds like, okay, well, now I got to do work. God bless me with something. You know, sometimes I complain because, you know, there's sometimes the things that are happening at your property where the tenants are not doing what they're supposed to be doing or, you know, people are dumping on your property or, or you know, there's work that's required because God has given you something and now you have to continue to work on it. And I used to actually complain, but now I thank God, right? that my reward is in the reaping. The fact that God has given me something that I have to work, to maintain, to keep, to sustain is in itself a blessing, right? Because you could be one of those people who don't have anything, right? You're not complaining about a tenant because you ain't got nothing for nobody to rent, right? You're not complaining about an employee because you ain't got no staff right? You could be in a different position. So be grateful for your harvest. Be overjoyed that God has created an increase for you, right? So that you understand that your ability to reap, to even be able to reap is really a reward. 
All right, listen. So we're on this season of sowing and reaping, right? We're talking about needing God to make it uh, 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 rain. We, I'm sorry, we talked about that last week, right? About needing God to make it rain. We talked about soil. We talked about, about seeds. We talked about a cycle of constantly um, sowing and reaping and there's constantly being a return. We talked about so many things. This was just week seven. And our focus really uh, was how do we become a part of those few laborers that pushes through and will reap? because we know that the harvest is plentiful and that God has created an opportunity for us to have more, but that we have to work in order to get it. So you want to become a person that hangs around other harvesters. You want to become a person that harvests anyway, despite the circumstances. And you want to understand, right, that there is a reward in your harvesting. Is there's a reward in your reaping. You understand that? I hope that was good. I pray that something you heard blessed you today. I hope that you take on some of these principles and practices to become a soul and a reaper and build generational wealth. My hope is that you become a blessing and a resource to your family, a bank, your sphere of influence and to your community. This is Becoming the Bank with Anissa Keys. I'll see you next time. Check back next week for more of Anissa's Kingdom Principles to Live a Prosperous Life. To find previous episodes of Becoming the Bank, log on to ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com. Ivy, we take pride of being part of the communities we serve. In 2021, we donated more than 14 million meals, and this year, we're committed to doing even more. For over 90 years, we've been the place that people turn in time of need, and we take that very seriously. That's why we're loading our semis full of food this week and making deliveries across the Midwest to help families this Easter. To join our effort, simply donate when you're at the checkout. Together, we can make a big difference for those in need. Children's Minnesota, the leader in specialized health care for kids, is here to raise awareness, standards, the bar, the stakes, the question, the curtain. On raising kids' health to the highest priority, kids need equal access to health care, more pediatric expertise, a voice for change. Kids need us, all of us. So let's raise them up. Children's Minnesota, the kid experts. OutSchool provides live online classes for kids. They offer academic classes as well as interest-based classes. The topics are so cool. Everything from art and fitness to physics, mindfulness, food, history. A lot of these topics are things that are not taught in your regular school. Check out their amazing classes. Your kids are going to love it. I love mealtime with my family, especially when my mom lets us help with cooking. We always have a good time mixing eggs and cutting the crust off bread for sandwiches. But I had no idea that eggshells and breadcrumbs could be recycled. Do you know that 20% of trash is food waste? But there is something we can do to get that number down. Ramsey County has a program that lets us recycle food. That's right. I gather up banana peels, orange peels, and meat scraps that I can find. Then once a week, I drop them off at Ramsey County's food scrap collection site. 
where it gets turned into compost for gardening, landscaping, and more. It doesn't cost my mom a dime, and I feel like I'm doing my part to save the planet. Recycling is for everyone, and it's easy to do. Just log on to RamseyRecycles.com to find out more. For millions of Americans, for millions of Americans, the pandemic impacted our financial situations, and a lot of people lost their jobs. But that should not mean you have to lose your house if you can't pay for your mortgage. Listen, no need to feel ashamed if you missed a payment or two or three because there's a local organization that's willing to help you get caught up on those payments so you can keep your home. Let me tell you about the Minnesota Home Ownership Center. It's a nonprofit whose sole purpose is to prevent you from going into foreclosure. The Minnesota Home Ownership Center has a network of organizations around the state to review everything with you, explain your options, and then advocate for you to get the help you need. And get this, they won't charge you because it's all free. Check out HOCMN.org or give them a call at 651-410-1086 to set up an appointment. You worked hard to get into that house. Let Minnesota Home Ownership Center help you stay in it. Did you know that United Healthcare helps connect you to doctors and therapists with 24-7 access to virtual care? So I could have therapy from my couch? Yep. Or a doctor appointment from my car? If you wanted to. Wait, you're right. I don't even like when people see me sing in the car. Couch appointment it is. Virtual visits are just one of the ways United Healthcare helps connect you to better health. Learn more at UHC.com. Plan benefits may vary. At Huntington, we've been asking ourselves, can we make it easier to avoid overdraft fees? And we can. Now, if you're overdraft at Huntington by $50 or less, you won't be charged an overdraft fee. And if you're overdrawn by more than $50, you have time to fix it with 24-hour grace. Why would a bank do that? Just to help people out. That's how we reinvent banking. Huntington, welcome. Your account will be closed if it is negative in any amount for 60 days. Learn more at Huntington.com slash safety zone and Huntington.com slash grace. Sustaining your energy and well-being through the long, complex journey towards health, equity, and inclusion can be difficult. Bottom line, you need to carve out time to care for yourself. To help you navigate your well-being goals, the George Wellbeing Program at The Y provides you acupuncture, massage, nutrition, and health coaching, as well as daily online meditations and yoga practices on Virtual Y. Well-being is not a commodity. It's an essential tool for your everyday life because you are worthy. For more information, visit us online at ymcanorth.org slash well-being.